This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Welcome into the Go Vols 24-7 postgame podcast. Our third in three days because Tennessee just wrapped up the Maui Invitational with its third game in three days. And unfortunately for Tennessee, it did not go their way on Wednesday afternoon or for them early Wednesday morning in Honolulu. Tennessee falls to number one, Kansas, 69 to 60. Pretty solid first half for for Tennessee, I thought, on both ends of the floor. I I thought throughout the game, uh, both teams looked tired after coming off of uh, their losses to Purdue and Marquette the, the night prior. Uh, but I thought they each team found a rhythm there in the first half uh, after waking up, I, I guess you could say. Second half, I, I, I thought both teams still looked tired, uh, but Kansas did a, a better job of, of fighting through it and, and producing more. And uh, because of that, Tennessee just simply did, did not make shots and uh, also got bullied in the paint uh, and – there is plenty to discuss as Tennessee does fall to Kansas 69 to 60 and Wes Rucker and myself, Ben McKee are going to do just that. Wes, obviously everybody's going to point to the shooting and a couple of different guys and and their shooting performances. But uh, my, my biggest concern exiting, not just the Kansas game, uh, but both Kansas and Purdue after watching Zach Eady, and Hunter Dickinson have their way the past two days. Uh, I, I think the biggest concern with this basketball team is is the post play. Uh, I just don't know that if it runs into a to to a big man, big man when it matters most, like they had the last two days. Uh, I just don't know that they have the the guys to to go up against it because Hunter Dickinson was just a monster just after Zach. Zach Eady was last night, seventeen and twenty uh, for Hunter Dickinson, and Tennessee gets outscored. Uh, 40 to 26 uh, in terms of points in the paint. So my biggest concern coming out of today and in the past two games is uh, Tennessee's post play, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this could be a fun conversation because I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not the slightest bit worried about the post play, but I'm not super concerned about the post play just because Tennessee in two days has played the top two ranked teams in the country. It has played who, in my opinion, are the top two centers in the country. And Tennessee still wins both of those games if Tennessee just makes shots. So I'm not like every team is going to be built a little differently and have different strengths and weaknesses. 
And if Tennessee plays an elite big man, there's a chance that elite big man's going to have like a, you know, 2020 or 2015 game. That that's going to happen. If you make shots, you can still win the game. And and Tennessee has my concern is that Tennessee has built a team that is guard heavy that should be very 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 good in the backcourt and sometimes it just doesn't make shots and that to me like in this game you saw Kansas not just because of Dickinson although he was a big part of it you're playing your third game in three days against really good competition Kansas took like 12 or 13 three-pointers Kansas understood that Kansas understood get to the rim get to the rim, the legs won't bother you as much there, get better shots. Tennessee got what most nights would be pretty clean looks, but your third game in three days, the legs aren't there, you're just not making them, and then you didn't really adjust. That's the the problem I have. I mean, Vescovy put it on the deck a couple times, went to the rim, did a couple things, but they, they just, I, Tennessee for a team that's got a lot of veteran guards who are really smart players, did not play a very smart game today. And Kansas got to play the game closer to the way it wanted, and it won the game. So uh, you play Edie, you play Dickinson, they're going to have bangers. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. But if you just make shots, you're fine. And they, they didn't make shots. So to me, my biggest takeaway, Ben, is that Tennessee is still very much a legitimate top 10, top 5 team. It is still very much a title contender, but it is a team with a very clear and very fatal flaw. And this staff thought that it had made the adjustments to that, and maybe it hasn't. And that is a concern because at that point, are you just spinning your wheels and falling into the same trap again? And Ziegler's going to get better. We'll talk about that later. He's going to get better. I'm not worried about him in the long run. But... He struggled badly this week. He did. And the guys around him just didn't make shots. So you don't think that this team, and please correct me if I'm misinterpreting, but it sounds like you're not buying stock that this team is different than last year's team. <sighs> On balance of what we've seen so far, I'm not convinced that it's different. I just don't I don't that that does not make sense to me and you're not the the only one who has this opinion that this has been the 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 common reaction since uh last night's loss over the last 24 hours uh and maybe I I proved to be very wrong on this uh in hindsight and and down the road I I just don't I don't understand how we can't view this team as being differently when they played multiple good teams prior to playing the number one and number two team sure. in the country. And it was obvious that they changed for the better. And w- when you break things down individually, do we think Zakai Ziegler is a bad shooter? Hell no. Do we think Santiago Vescovi is a bad shooter? Nope. Has Josiah Jordan James been good and really efficient up until the Purdue game? Yeah, he's been better this year until then. But again, the best two teams he played. Yes, and and I'm not at all absolving concern, making excuses. I I hope I'm not coming off in that manner. No, you're not. I'll say again what I kind of said last night like for me like I, I have some grace with, with these two losses because of the oh, yeah. circumstances God, yes with 
the the we talked about it at nauseum last night the 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 free throw contest and, and the physicality like last night was a weird game and, and folks can can think I'm silly for thinking this way but I, I'm just not I, I'm throwing that offensive performance out the window because of the inability to establish a rhythm establish a flow to the game it's hard to get going offensively when there is no rhythm and I said at the tail end of of last night's podcast like I even said it ahead of time. So I'm not saying this in hindsight, making excuses because they lost. That was a very physical basketball game. And there were a lot of emotions spent within that basketball game as well. And turning around and playing the very next morning. And that's on top of it being your third game in, in three days. Like I'm I'm not expecting an offensive explosion. So I, I just if Tennessee had struggled offensively in the preseason or not even struggled offensively, if they had looked similar to what they did last year, how they looked last season prior to playing the number one and number two team in the country, then I would be with your thought process. Absolutely. I just, it's a small sample size, but I, I think there's enough evidence for early in the season to, to not think that this is the same old Tennessee offense that we saw a season ago like Zakai and Santi they're going to come around and obviously we saw Santi come around today with his shot yep Uh, but Zakai is going to get going at some point Josiah Jordan James isn't as bad as he has played these past two games after his really nice game against Syracuse Ganey and Connect kind of hit or miss these last two games that they got real hot but then they also had stretches where they were real cold but they're two really good offensive players as we know I, I I just my overall thought, Wes, coming out of these two games, I think there's going to be – I think it's an overreaction. I think there's going to be a, a, a large overreaction. And I think in a month, two months from now, I think in hindsight we're going to look back as, okay, those games went the way that they did because of the circumstances in the Purdue game and then having to play Kansas because of those circumstances. Yeah, I, I maybe I should choose my words more carefully because I don't think that I'm like doubling down or, or tripling down or saying I think – this is the exact same team that it was last season. I'm, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I'm not convinced. And, and, and the reason why I have some questions right now, I'm not going to overreact. You, you've played really tough competitive games against you know the top two ranked teams in the country. I'm not overreacting. Tennessee might not dip one bit in the polls next week, and it damn sure shouldn't because of the way it played. It played fine. I'm not I'm not downing that my my concern is again Tennessee has six guards who have played a ton of college basketball I mean a ton and I even wrote a column a couple days ago saying this is going to be this is the strength of this team these guys the, the all this experience all these minutes they played all these starts they have all this production they've had you cannot ask for a more experienced, more seasoned, you know, versatile backcourt. And that backcourt in this game kind of fell into a trap that Kansas laid by saying, we want you to take these shots. That's why they were open. They're like, we're, we're going we're gonna to let you have this because we're tired. You're tired. If you want to stand out there and shoot, you can stand out there and shoot because you're probably not going to make them. And Kansas on the other end, now it has Dickinson, but it was moving the ball around. It was getting to the rim, back cutting, putting the ball, forcing the issue, got to the line more often. It played a smarter game. And with what Tennessee has in the backcourt with that experience, 
that the the lack of adjustments during those four and five minute scoring droughts, like they went like five minutes without a point, at least a bucket in the second half, and one or two minutes hmm, happens, three minutes it happens. At some point with all that experience in the backcourt, you have got to make an adjustment and you have got to get a bucket. And and they didn't. And that was the kind of stuff we saw last season. And so it's like, have you really learned from this experience? Because James, the past couple of days, not taking many shots, maybe made one field goal the past two games, one of eight, something like that. He, I, I did have this thought after we kind of touched on this last night as well. He doesn't need to take a lot of shots. No, this but, year's but he's so big and strong for a guard. Put the And he has good ball handling skills. Put the ball on the deck. You're stronger than whoever's probably going to be guarding you or quicker if it's a four-man. Draw him out. Slash to the rim. Get fouled. Like, do those kind yes, of things. That's, that's the kind of stuff that when you're down for. How many times a game? Like How many shots do you think Josiah should have each night? I mean, anytime he's taking less than five out or five or less, I don't think that's enough. Yes, absolutely. Because but I like, also don't some, think he should be approaching double digits. Like those plays Vescovy's making, like if you'll see when they're struggling, Vescovy's the smartest on the team about knowing I'm going to get to the bucket here. I'm going to make something happen. So he'll go and he'll drive and he'll either try to get fouled or make a bucket, make a smart, slick cut. And this is a six foot two, six foot three guard doing this. Josiah Jordan James is a six foot six grown ass man. He should be doing that. And his lack of awareness to go do that or go take a game by the scruff of the neck a little bit in those moments, I got concerns about it. Like I I'm not saying it goes back to what I said last night, Ben. In my it's just my opinion. It's one person's opinion. It's no better or worse than anyone else's. But where Tennessee is, it's in a really, really good spot. But the next and last level to climb is the hardest one to climb. And little things are going to matter. All little things are going to matter. And this backcourt had a chance, again, to kind of go be the difference in a big-time game against the best of the best right now in the college game. And it didn't do it. And it it kind of... It, 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 the shot selection was okay in most games. But in a game like this, they just didn't go about it the right way. And I don't know if maybe Barnes takes a couple more timeouts here and there and makes a better emphasis on things or makes things clear. Like last night against Purdue, to start the second half, he made a brilliant adjustment because Purdue was getting so grabby on those screens. He just kept doing screens and cuts and screens and cuts and got Tennessee into the bonus in seven minutes because Purdue was grabbing Jersey on every single one and the rest were calling it. I didn't, some of the adjustments today, like Bill Self's a great coach, Hall of Famer, but they didn't really, if they made adjustments, they weren't executed. And, and they, the, also they missed they, wide open shots. Yes, but I think those are shots that Kansas is okay with them taking because, well, again, your I, legs are tired. I think Kansas got lucky with, with Tennessee missing those shots. To, to, well, first, I want to say this about Josiah. You, you're right. Like, Josiah is absolutely at his best when, when he's kind of playing bully ball. But, on this year's roster, I don't want to see Josiah go play bully ball when with the game on the line. I, I want the ball in Jordan Ganey's hands. I want the ball in Dalton Connect's hands. I want the ball in Santiago Vescovi's hands. And once Zakai gets ironed out and back into the flow things, I want the ball in Zakai's hands. I want those four guys trying to score the basketball before Josiah. Not that I, I say, hey, Josiah, go stand in the corner and, and don't do anything. I'm not saying that because I think Josiah is a good offensive player. 
I, like I kind of mentioned last night, I just think he's the fourth or fifth option. And, and you're right. He shouldn't, it shouldn't be five or less, but it shouldn't be much more than that on this year's team because he doesn't have to be that guy. There are better offensive players who can create better shots, make better shots. And I want the ball in their hands when, when, those situations are, are kind of going astray. And I thought Tennessee put the ball in Dalton Connect's hands, in Jordan Ganey's hands, in Santi's hands there down the stretch in the second half for the most part. And, you know, Ganey hit a couple shots, and, and Santi was terrific all game. But uh, Dalton was was very inconsistent these last two basketball games. He, again, like I said earlier, he kind of get hot, but then he also would go cold. They they were putting the ball in the hands of, of their best offensive players today, in my opinion, and, and shots weren't falling, which leads me to the question that, that I, I think is what everybody needs to ask themselves coming out of the Maui Invitational, and, it, and it's what I essentially asked you earlier. Like, did, did the past two games look like last year's basketball team? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. The, the offense was... It was not pretty. It, it was not fun. The, the shots were not falling. It looked like last year's offense. There, there's no doubt about that. But here's what you got to ask yourself. Do you want to, after these two games, is and, it, and it's all up to one person's individual opinion and, and what they think. And, and like you said, nobody's right or wrong. We'll, we'll see how it ends up playing out. But after these two performances – are you on the side of, okay, this offense has not gotten better, or are you on the side of, well, it's just two games with with a couple of weird circumstances tied to it? I think that's the question that people need to ask themselves, and I fall on the side, as I've made clear now for two podcasts in a row, I think these are fluky performances, not that Tennessee is going to go out and have the number one offense in the country or even a top 15 offense. I just don't think it's as bad of a – offense or a shooting offense as we've seen the past two days because of the circumstances i'm on the fence and and i don't like being on the fence but i'll tell you the exact reason i'm on the fence it gets back to exactly what i was saying about james earlier it's situational awareness to me it is the fact that you have so many experienced guards and that they are not doing the smart thing late in games and that is the concern I have. Like, I'm not going to, I don't think they're shrinking violets or anything like that. I think at times in the past, they've been afraid to take shots in big spots, some of them. But I'm not super concerned about that. But what I am concerned about is, to me, it's when you have a team that has options, you should have options. And so when one option is not working, you ought to be able to go to a different option or else you're not a team with options. If you can't change your tactics, you're not a team with options. And in that specific situation today, when they were struggling the way that they were, it just demanded, to me anyways, that James put the ball on the deck, get to the rim. He's a very good free throw shooter. Try to make something happen that way. Try to get some easy points or easier points and try to get things going. That, to me, is why I'm on the fence because – I can see that this team's going to have more days where more things are going well, but it's when things are not going well that I still have concerns because they got to learn, man. Like they got to learn. They have to learn how to, in smart situations or, or in big situations, when things aren't going well, what do you do differently? Or do you just fall into old habits? And Tennessee fell into old habits in this game. It, it kept taking shots that Kansas, for the most part, wanted Tennessee to take, in my opinion. In my opinion. That might be wrong. 
but I think well, and I I might end up being wrong. I I I realize that I'm. It feels like I'm standing on a ledge. Maybe I'm not standing. No, you're not. You're you're being reasonable. I on... just you know there's there's multi, That's why I'm saying when I started talking today, I had no idea exactly what was going to come out of my mouth because I have very <laughs> conflicted thoughts on what's going on right now because people are going to make too much of it. They absolutely are. Yes. But but there are very 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 fair reasons to have very huge concerns about can this team get over that hump because you know you are what you are on paper and they got to go out there and they got they should have handled well, that they should that, that, that they should have handled that half differently and and that's where you and I separate because like part like 75% of their paper 80% of their paper this season says differently than how they've performed the last two games so but when you get what, to the nut, what when, are you when, cho- when you get to nut cutting time you're playing the best teams in the country yes but it's not like they haven't played talented teams prior to Kansas and Purdue. Now, obviously, they're number one and number two for a reason. Kansas technically won't be number one come Monday because they lost to Marquette, but that's still a like the, those those two teams are, are true, legitimate national title contenders and and front runners. And, and like, yes, Tennessee needs to to be better. And if if there's a rematch at some point, like they're going to have to be more creative, and, and guys are going to have to step up uh, both in the post and 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 be, both on the perimeter and, and knock down more shots. I just I'm not wiping out what they've done prior to Purdue and 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 Kansas and and it seems like there's a larger portion than there should be just completely wiping out what Tennessee did prior to Purdue and I I'm just I'm I'm not willing to go there just yet I'm not because of of the weird circumstances that that I feel played a large role in in these past uh, two basketball games but we we will certainly see how it plays out over the course of time there's still plenty to discuss about Tennessee's loss to Kansas. But first, we need to catch a break here on the Go Vols 24-7 post-game podcast, and we will do that right now. We'll be back in just a moment. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. I'm Ben McKee, and I am joined on this edition of the pod with the one and only Wes Rucker reacting to Tennessee's loss to Syracuse, or not Syracuse, Tennessee's loss to Kansas. Tennessee beat Syracuse, its lone win in the Maui Invitational. Now Tennessee has been in the Maui Invitational four times, and Tennessee has gone one and two all four times. Uh, so not 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 a... A not so fun stat for the Tennessee basketball program 
Uh, but still plenty to discuss here about Tennessee and Kansas on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. But before we continue our conversation, would like to take a moment out of the podcast to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And as Wes so greatly always points out, please, if you know a Tennessee fan in your life who is not into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast just yet, if you wouldn't mind pointing us in their direction we would greatly appreciate that that's how you can help us grow especially over the thanksgiving holidays tennessee fans sitting around and instead of spending time with family and talking to family you can go listen to us go back and forth and disagree on whether or not tennessee basketball is the greatest team of all time or the worst basketball team yeah uh, yeah when your uncle sits there and and takes things into like an uncomfortable political discussion over the thanksgiving dinner you just be like, hey, why don't we talk about this podcast instead? That you know, that is yep. a that's the great way of getting around awkward conversations with everyone's awkward uncle guy. It just is. It's the easiest way. Just be like, hey, you love the Vols too. Have you heard about this podcast? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about this podcast. That's what we should be talking about. That's what I would do. Absolutely. So th- doing those two things would would greatly help us at Go Vols twenty four seven. Uh, Wes, I, I do want to talk about the post play a, a little more extensively. Uh, I I said off the top that that it is my biggest concern with this team right now. I, I thought Jonas Adu played well over the course of the three, three days. He, he had his moments that were frustrating as well, um, but I, I thought for the most part he played well, uh, but didn't receive much help. Uh, JP Estrella against Syracuse did have a couple of of nice minutes. Uh, Tobey Awaka, I, I thought he played really, really hard, uh, as Tobey is always going to do. He just didn't necessarily have the results that, that you would like. Uh, just not enough post play. I, I, I thought these last two games uh, against Purdue and uh, Kansas, I, I thought it, it fared well against Syracuse, but Syracuse doesn't have the type of post play that, that can get you beat in the NCAA tournament. And, and you mentioned rightfully taking that next step. To me, Tennessee's offense taking that next step is somebody stepping up in the post and grabbing the bull by the horns and truly being somebody that that they can consistently lean on. And, and maybe Jonas is that guy. But my fear for Tennessee is that the post play is consisted consisting of a bunch of really, really good role players, but not bona fide, reliable, consistent starters. Uh, and and to me, that's been an issue for this offense really since uh, Grant Williams and Kyle Alexander left. Yeah, I, I think that if you want to like, if you want to give, you got to get. And so Tennessee has spent way too much time, I think the past few years, playing two non-shooters at the same time. And I, 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 I'm very happy to see the change this season that Tennessee has stopped playing two non-shooters at the same time. And, and But when you do that, you are making a trade. Unless you have like that kind of stretch four who also can be a physical presence on the inside, you're making a trade there. And so you're saying you're basically playing one round four, you know, or four round one, and you are you're going to play a more perimeter-oriented game. And I welcome that. I think I would rather watch that kind of basketball. And I think that there are times where, you know, you're going to play like a Zach Eady or a Hunter Dickinson. They're, again, maybe the two best centers in college basketball. 
So they're going to expose some of those problems, right? Like you can't, if you fix one hole, you're going to create another one sometimes. And so I got sick and tired of watching Tennessee playing two non or all those non shooters together because that just made for just, just head scratching, head banging, frustrating offense. But when you play like this, you're going to have issues. I mean, I thought Adu, Adu had what? He had eight points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, three steals. Like he was one of the better plus minuses on the team, relatively speaking. I thought Adu was fine. Like I, people I thought he played well. Yeah. And, and Awaka is clearly, I mean, he's banged up a little bit. He's trying to play through it. He'll be all right. I'm the way he played this summer, the steps he took forward. I don't have many concerns about what he's going to be this season. I think he's going to be just fine. Um, I just think there are going to be times where when you play, there's not a lot of dominant big men anymore, but when you play them, Tennessee's going to have decisions to make. And so, again, for me, it's a trade you're willing to make if you make shots. But when you don't make shots, you're going to get exposed because you're trying to trade three for two or you know, you're, you're playing a, a numbers game at that point, saying we're going to give up a couple more buckets on the inside, but we're going to score more than you on the other end. So we're going to win the game. And Josiah Jordan James can rebound at the four, connect, can go down there sometimes to get rebounds. You know, Vescovy can go down and help rebound. They're okay there. There should be. And that should be a trade that more often than not, they will win. But there will be times like today where they lost it. And was the answer to play Awaka and Adu together for a while? and see if that was going to help shore up the inside? Maybe, but then you're kind of falling into that habit of what you did last season offensively. So you've kind of put yourself in a box there where you're making a decision, I think, and it comes down to, well, got to make shots. I mean, the way this roster is constructed, you got to make shots. You're, you're right, and if you couldn't catch my tone for, for the last two podcasts, I think they will prove to over the course of time and when I say what I just said about the post play, it's it's a very pointed conversation sure. of playing the types of Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson, uh, Armando Baycott's coming up in a week mm-hmm. for North Carolina. Yep. That that's where I I worry about Tennessee's post play. Uh, I, I think they have good post players. I, I just and. and I hate saying it like, oh, they don't have Grant Williams. They don't well, have a no, dude. Duh. They He's don't the have a two-time dude. SEC player of the year. But they – it's – I mean, it's like they don't even have a Brian Williams or a Wayne Chisholm or a Jerron Maimon before the knees really started to bother him. Like, you knew exactly what you were going to get from that post player in the starting lineup every single time that you showed up to the arena. And, uh, you know, Jonas, I, I think maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. I think he's been off to a really good start. We talked about that after the the Syracuse win. Maybe he is somebody who, which he's done so far this season, he's been around a double-double, around 10 points, around 10 rebounds. And, and if he does that, that would be the consistency that, that Tennessee needs. But and, and I don't say this to disrespect Jonas at all. It's more about Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson. I just don't think. Jonas's body type allows him to be a good matchup but against Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady. And I know that those guys those guys are freaks, but those are the type of guys that you're going to have to overcome in the NCAA tournament. We've already seen it once with Hunter Dickinson when he was at Michigan. So that's my fear when I mention uh, the post play. And uh, you, you're also right that you can overcome that if guys are knocking down shots uh, from the perimeter. And they've done that in games 
so far this season. Uh, did not do it the last two games, so we'll, we'll see what comes of that situation. Yeah. Is it more like last year, or is it more like this year? I know one guy that would really help is the Kai Ziegler. If he could get going, to me, that's an open and shut conversation, real simple. Sakai has not been good to start the year, but it's a guy who essentially did not start practicing full-time until the first week of the regular season and did not have an entire offseason. It's going to take time for Zakai Ziegler to look like Zakai Ziegler again. We know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, and hopefully for Tennessee, the earlier, the better. But I, I think as long as you can get him back in his groove by by SEC play, then everything's going to be just fine. Yeah, I didn't like the usage they put on him today specifically. The larger point is that Tennessee is not going to be the team it wants to be unless it gets him back to himself as soon as possible. But within that, there are times where you're going to have to manage things. And I think the third game in three days, um, clearly he physically just – he was off today and his plus minus numbers were really, really bad. They won't normally be like that, but this game was sort of begging for him to play a reduced role and just kind of pick a different poison today. Um, but Rick Barnes at the end of the day, when he trusts a point guard, that's his guy. That's his guy. And when games are on the line, Ziegler's going to be out there unless he physically can't. And so I don't know that I would have handled it differently, but I don't have, eight billion wins like Rick Barnes does. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's wrong, but I don't think I agree with the way that he was used today. Just to be blunt, I I don't. And, and so I think they're going to get him where he needs to get. And I think he's going to get himself where he needs to get. But I think this game was begging for his sake to kind of get him off the floor a little bit more and let let somebody else get in there and try to do some stuff. Maybe Meshack more. I, I I don't know. It's not like he's been great the past couple of days either. But you know, uh, you got to do something. And uh, I, I'm not like super concerned about it. I just didn't like the way because he was very clearly like. And I hate to say this for a player of his caliber, he was a hindrance to Tennessee winning today. He he was his play was problematic and and was not helping the cause whatsoever. And, and so. You got. I think you got to recognize that and back it off, and then give him a couple of days to rest and kind of then get him going again for UNC and see where you are. But I, I just I think when you build a team to play a certain way, you got to play that way, and within that way, you got to make some adjustments. And I just don't. The past couple of days, the way it's easy to say this after a loss. But the way some things were managed in the second half, I I just didn't like. They just didn't work. And so, you know, Matt Painter and Bill Self, really good coaches too, right? Self's a Hall of Famer. Painter could one day make himself one. We'll see. They've been the preeminent program in the Big Ten for like the past seven, eight years with what they've done in that league, best record in that stretch or whatever it is. And that's a very good league, generally speaking. So, you know, you're going to run into other teams that play well sometimes. But these games for Tennessee were winnable and they weren't won. And it's not like a huge deal as long as you learn from it. If you learn from it, this could be a great thing for Tennessee, Ben. I mean, th- this this kind of experience this early in the season, being competitive in games like this, being right there, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you've either got to keep doing what you do and do it better, or you got to change what you're doing. Or when you play these kinds of teams again, same thing's going to happen. 
because they're going to get better too. The other teams are going to keep working too. So, you know, you just got to manage games a little better. And that's why other than Ziegler and his sort of physical getting back in shape, the questions I have with this team are still between the ears. That That's where, you know, that that's where I think this team gives itself problems sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think they're pretty mentally tough, but I mean, th- th- this is a, but a stubborn, team. but sometimes stubborn. And th- this not is a, right a, this is a core group that has accomplished just as much as Grant Williams and mm-hmm. Admiral Schofield's core and technically has accomplished more because they won an SEC tournament. So, I, I, I do think that they are mentally tough. I, I, I just think it their issue is just simply they don't make shots sometimes, which is not a, a, a great problem to have at times, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that this year is, is going to prove to be a, a, a little bit different, as I've alluded to a couple of times. And, and like you said, teams are going to get better. The good news is that Tennessee doesn't need to be playing its best basketball right now. No, and it's playing it okay. Doesn't. It's playing okay. I mean, right, but no... you don't want it playing its its best basketball right now. You you want Tennessee to be peaking and playing its best basketball in February and going into March. That that's when you want things to be clicking. That that's when you want Jemai Meshack and, and Santiago Vescovi to fully understand their role within the offense and, and what to do here and there. That that's when you want Zakai Ziegler back to being Zakai Ziegler. That that's when you want Jordan Ganey and Don Connect to be completely comfortable. Uh, on the defensive end and and within the offense, understanding what shots to take because there are a couple of shots that Ganey took that I guarantee you Rick Barnes did not like. Uh, that that that's the time of the year when you want Tobey Awaka to to be consistent uh, and JP Estrella, Kate Phillips chipping in here and there. Maybe Freddie Dillion is able to contribute at, at that point as well. Uh, maybe Freddie's able to come back from the the plantar fascia and help at point guard until Zakai is able to to get right. Maybe that's a a circumstance that we're not giving enough credence to right now that that if Freddie were available and playing well maybe he's somebody that can relieve uh Zakai from from maybe having to do as much early on as he has so uh there, there there's certainly a lot to pay attention to for this team that there's there's reason to con- reason for concern uh but I I at the end of the day think Tennessee is going to be just fine and as I've alluded to several times now and I, I think they are going to greatly benefit from this week moving forward. Yeah, the last point I got, Ben, I mean, there may be a billion other things you want to discuss, but the last thing that, that I have on my plate, I, I wrote down the word vibes. And the reason why I wanted to make sure I talk about vibes was it was not too far removed from this time last season where Tennessee kind of lost that game to Colorado and things like felt they just turned really nasty really soon. And that was something that was picked up on inside the program as well. The stuff coming from outside. And it led to what I thought was kind of a, for that program, kind of an unhealthy situation. And I don't, I I think everyone's got to be very careful to avoid doing that after a week like this. And and then you go to UNC next, you know, I I just, there's, there's a, a, the people, there are a segment of this fan base that, like every single you know program has in every single sport, that are just sort of very, very, very negative. It seems to be for Tennessee basketball, it's a larger group than usual 
in terms of just not ever acknowledging anything that this program does that's good and magnifying every single thing that's not good. And I don't think it created a very healthy vibe last season. And I'm really interested to see if that transpires again this season, because this whole program right now just kind of needs better vibes, I think. Um, And again, if they don't, it's not my job to to do that. I'm just observing from the outside. But I I just think, you know, you want kind of a, a team to have an us against the world mentality, but you want like a team's fan base to be like with that team and not like the world part of that. You know what I mean? And so you're just already seeing some tones that are really looking disproportionately negative to what's going on. And I think it's time for some real honest conversation about that because I do think it it can be a problem um, because you can't tell people how to feel, but you can tell people the reactions or or the, the effects of the way they feel. And, And I can't tell you how to feel, but I can tell you how the way you do feel what it's doing. And I just think I'm seeing some of this already and it seems way too early for some of this stuff. And that that's just got to, it's just not, I don't think it's helping anybody personally. I said it last night. I, I'm just not even touching it this year. It's I, so I large like that I don't know how it's not touched though. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not right now. If, if, if it reaches a, a boiling point, like it did uh, with, with Conzo's last team, then, then, okay, that that's one thing, but uh, I, I'm not touching it. I'm not. It it's too emotionally draining for for us as well. It, it's a lot on everybody, and if if people want to overreact to Tennessee losing close games to the number one and number two team in the country after already showing that they're a different basketball team this season, then to me that's on that individual. If if they want to have that discourse, if if they want to call themselves a Tennessee fan, but just produce constant negativity and, and hate on people that they supposedly cheer for, that's on them, and I'm not going to feed into that conversation. So uh, my last thought on the way out the door, Wes, is that uh, I'm taking the glass half full approach. I think that this this week was the floor for Tennessee basketball. Number one, number two teams in the country – and that they they easily could have won those games as you pointed out earlier, and, and just shot terribly. I, I think this is going to prove to be the floor uh, for Tennessee, and and this week, like I mentioned a moment ago, I, I think it's really going to serve them well in the long run. I do too. And and again, the reason I said what I said earlier is because I I guess we're all a little bit selfish at our core, and uh, I, I know this is going to be another season as the columnist where the guys that I cover are going to think that I'm too hard on them. And then the fans that are, that are reading my stuff think I'm too nice to the, to the people. So it's like, I just know where this is going and it's Thanksgiving. I want to have good vibes. And I just, you can just see a mile away where this thing could be going. And it's like, as a columnist, you just go, Oh crap. Like you just, you just know where it's going. But no, I, I think the important discussion is that this team if it adjusts to the situation, this has all the pieces physically to be a team that does special things. I, I still believe that. I, I I saw nothing this week that changed my opinion on that. I do have questions between the ears. I do have questions about some tactics. Um, but in terms of like what this team has, I'm not so concerned about the post that I think it's a problem to get in the way of winning. Because I think if you just play smarter offense, 
get a little more fortunate and play smarter, you overcome that. Like if just getting 2020 for an opponent or, or was going to beat the opponent, then Kentucky would have been undefeated when Oscar Tashiway was there. But it damn sure wasn't because you can overcome that stuff. You just have to play better in other areas. And I think this team has the ability to do that. So, you know, I, I, I think that they're going to be all right. But, you know, that depends on them. That really depends on them. Like, do they do they fight through and break through to that point, those last couple hurdles in their way? Because they're still there. And are they going to clear them or not? That's up to them. They got to go out there and prove it. They will be back in action next Wednesday at North Carolina, a top 15 North Carolina team. And Wes and I will be in person to cover that basketball game looking forward to that one in the meantime tennessee has a week off they'll head back to knoxville i assume thanksgiving day maybe friday morning i honestly don't know when they're coming back but i honestly don't know either back. we should but I, I don't know very very soon and when they do we will continue to have full coverage of tennessee basketball west certainly appreciate you and we always appreciate the listener and hope that they have a very happy thanksgiving yes and guys safe travels that's the last thing i'm going to say Safe travels over Thanksgiving. And, you know, everybody's, you know, you, you guys, it's not just turkey and cranberry sauce. There's also some some wine consumed, some booze while you're playing. Just be careful on the roads, all right? A lot of people with a lot of precious cargo with families are driving on these roads. Make make good decisions. Be careful. And have a really good holiday weekend, man. It's Thanksgiving's one of the best days of the year. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, I know I certainly will. And uh, I hope everyone else does, too. Avoid the awkward uncle. Make good decisions on the road. And have a good holiday. He's Wes Rucker. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Cavals 24-7 post-game podcast. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Govals 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting Uh, but if you want that best most delicious east tennessee smoky mountain spring water directly from the source go get that at govals247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets for coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball nobody and i mean nobody covers tennessee baseball the way that we do also no one covers the lady vols that we do the award-winning maria cornelius does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us all season long you can get all of that at govals247.com you've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us with thousands of tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff Uh, and and no one has a more uh, active board with the the staff members than us we are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, 
less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.